Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Would you lift your hands and just love him? We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your mercy. Amen, amen. The old song says, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I love that old cross. Amen. I love that old cross. And I walked in this this evening from the office just before service started and walked in and looked around and saw all of the faithful saints of God. And that's what hit me is the faithful saints of God. I look out and Mary Williams is not with us tonight. She's went on to uh, receive her reward. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. She made it. Don't you? She made it. What a faithful saint. And you know in the scripture you'll find that the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. Everybody say that. There's none good, no, not one. Amen. But isn't it interesting that we can go from a verse that says none good, no, not one, that when we enter into the promised land, he's going to say, enter in thou and faithful servant. You know what makes us good? It's just that faithful journey. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, we say we're going to be at the house of God. Amen. That weekly giving in the offering. Praise God, paying your tithes and daily prayer. Amen. And he walks with me and he talks with me. I'm so glad for the faithful saints of God. Would you thank God for a faithful church that's here tonight? Amen. That's what makes us grow. It is what makes us grow in him. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful crowd on a Wednesday. And, and I reiterate Pastor Cody talking about for some of those, we're not forcing you to, but some that can go to the 830, there's a little more room in the 830. And we've been praying about doing a third service just to, just to accommodate so growth can happen the way we want to see. And we'll hear more about that when we come to conclusion about that. You know, one of the reasons we're growing because all the babies that are being born. Amen. Brother Josh, Sister Candace, and they have baby Archer with them tonight. Would you welcome baby Archer to the church? I was able to hold him and pray with him yesterday. And man, just felt the power of God so powerful. So, well, we were praying. We are thankful for our elders. Uh, we have been having uh, some of our young men to preach and our elders preach. And just, uh, we're so blessed to have so many amazing ministers at the church. Uh, Elder Gary Sharp he has had four decades plus of ministry. We're so glad to have him and Sister Cheryl Sharp a part of this church, and we're so thankful for them. Pastored many years, and and uh, I followed his ministry at Cambridge, and that church is still just moving on and thriving. We're so thankful for him and his leadership, and oversees our new life. And would you welcome, Amen, Elder Sharp? He comes to minister tonight. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bounds, and uh, give honor to our pastor and uh, his wife and uh, first lady. It's great to be in the house of God. Amen. Give honor to all the ministry of the church. You love the Lord? 
you turn with me to Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. All right, which one of you going to be the Elijah minister tonight? I'd like to have a glass of water. <laughs> they think that once they become the associate pastor, they... <laughs> you ought to be. <laughs> Love you. Fill it up. There you go. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. <clears throat> I'd like to um, speak to you on a subject entitled, God has an army. God has an army. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you tonight that you would just minister to our hearts. Oh, Lord God, I know that your word is already anointed. But, oh, Lord, I ask you that you would anoint these lips of clay and those that set before us to hear us of the word. That, Lord, that we will be strengthened in our walk with God and encouraged to serve you more than ever before. I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Turn to somebody, wave to them, give them a fake high five, and say, God has an army. <clears throat> you may be seated. Y'all must have heard who was preaching tonight. There's a pretty good crowd here. I uh, thought I knew what I was preaching tonight until yesterday when I started studying and that didn't come together. And I thought, oh God, here we go. And he began to speak to me and uh, this is what he's laid on my heart and I hope I could deliver it the way that the Lord has given it to me. <clears throat> How many of you remember the old song, Onward Christian Soldiers. Now, I didn't see any young ones raise your hand, but I tell you what, we used to sing that song. And I, I don't know, but you know, I used to get excited when we sung that because there's something about onward Christian soldiers. Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, a royal master, lead against a foe. Forward in the battle, see his banner go. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus.
going on before. And then there's three other verses that go along with that. But we are living in a day that we are seeing Jesus Christ different than we've ever seen him before. He has a roar that he's roaring. He is, we are living in the last days. And I have preached this ever since I started preaching. And uh, I, I, I remember when I first started preaching about the second coming of Jesus Christ and about the end days and, and uh, what to expect in things. And, and uh, people started asking about the mark of the beast and how I'll never accept it in things. But it is going to be a convenient thing. It's not going to be pushed upon us at first. Well, not on me, but I'm not going to be here when that happens. But it's not going to be pushed upon anybody. But it's going to be a convenience. We're going into a cashless society. They're already pushing hard for a one-world government more than they've ever had before. They're already pushing for a one-world church more than they ever have before. And um, this COVID-19, uh, it is interesting if you look around to what's happening, how uh, different ones and different groups and how the, even the government is starting to use this to come against the church. But I'm here to tell you, we're in an army. I say we're in an army. And we're going to sing louder than we ever have before. We're going to march greater than we ever have before. We're going to fight spiritual warfares greater than we have before. Why? Because we are in an army that cannot be defeated. Jesus said, upon this rock I shall build my church. But he didn't stay there. He said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell has been coming against the church for a long time. But they have stepped up to a greater fight. But let me tell you one thing. The Lord had already cast out the devil out of heaven. He's already cast him out. He's already told him his destiny. But he said, I'm going to build a church that you cannot destroy. I have built a church that's going to march on. And they're going to have victory. And they're going to have revival. Because it's my church. And you could not defeat me when you were in heaven. And you won't defeat me here on earth. I want you to know we are in the greatest army that this world has ever seen. <laughs> the army of God. This is a scary time for the world, but it's an exciting time for the church. Spiritual warfare. There are some in the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, 
that experienced some warfare on the spiritual realm. One was, and, and we don't have time to go through all of them. I'm only going to talk about a few of them. But one of them was Daniel. How did he face spiritual warfare? How did he uh, come against spiritual warfare? The government leaders, the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains, they could not stand Daniel because Daniel was the king's favorite person in the government. And so they, they searched and they thought and, and uh, how we can destroy Daniel. This world tries to destroy the church, but they haven't come up with a way to do it. And so they went, you know the story about how they went before the king and, and uh, there they uh, told him, you know, we want to honor you and really buttered him up and all this and, and uh, we want to have a 30-day decree that, uh, uh, that if anybody worships anything else or anyone else besides you, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. The thing about it was, the king had forgotten about Daniel when they brought this to him. They forgot about him. So the question that I have asked myself and I ask you tonight is what would you do? Would we go to a closet and shut the door for 30 days? Would we have a pity party for ourselves? Uh, uh, would we pray, oh God, you understand, and I'll be back in 30 days? No, Daniel prayed as he always did. He prayed every day, three times a day, towards Israel, the east. He prayed. He got a hold of God. It wasn't a quiet prayer. It was a prayer that he always prayed. And uh, getting a hold of God, not worrying about the lion's den. Now let me tell you, you know, Daniel, he, he knew that if he was thrown into the lion's den, that he served a God that could deliver him. He knew that. Whether he did or not, he didn't know, but he knew that he was able. When we go through situations, and it may seem like we're facing a lion's den, we have to get our attention off of the lions. We have to get our attention off of the devil. We have to get our attention off of uh, the things that he's trying to put in our minds and the mind games that he wants to play. And we have to keep our faith in God. And we have to say, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I serve a God that is able to deliver me. He is able to deliver me. The pressure is on. The pressure is on churches. The pressure is on the ministry. The pressure is there. But let me tell you, it 
just makes me want to shout that much more because I know that when the pressure comes, the church begins to pray like they've never prayed before. And when the church prays like they've never had before, things begin to happen. Revival begins to happen. People are healed. People are saved. People are delivered. Hallelujah. When I, you, you, can, you can read the story in Daniel, but Daniel, after the 30, well, before the 30 days was up, they went to the king and says, we found somebody that's not worshiping you or praying to you, and who is it? It's Daniel, and the king was, uh, he, he was very upset and, and uh, probably angry that they tricked him, but he had already signed a decree and he could not go back on it. But this is what he said to Daniel, thy God whom thy service continually, he will deliver thee. He didn't say that he could deliver you, he might deliver you, but the king said to Daniel, he will deliver you. Why did he say it? Because he knew that he served the Lord continually in the good times and in the bad times, in the rough and the sickness and the healthy times. And when we're up and down, we still serve him continually. Oh, friend, let me tell you that we have to keep serving God continually regardless of what we face. We serve him continually. And those are the ones that God will bless. God not only shut the mouths of the lions, but he either put them to sleep or just tamed them because the lions still had their claws. Think about it. We talk about the mouths of the lions, but even without the mouth of the lion, they still were big. They still were powerful. They still could rip you with their claws. So God not only shut their mouths, but he tamed them. This world doesn't realize what's happening. God can shut their mouths and he can tame them. There are those that are against the church, but so was Saul of Tarsus. And God finally said, enough is enough. I'm bringing you down. You know, the Bible talks about the lion, 1 Peter, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Not as a lion, but as a roaring lion. Do you know, let me tell you something about the lion. It's interesting. I was talking to a missionary one time from Africa, and, uh, and I believe it was Kenya, there is a uh, lion's pit, and uh, they call it the lion's pit, but it, it's a place where you could go and, and uh, you can rent it out and, and you'll, you spend the night there and, and all that, and said all night long, you will hear the lions roaring. You'll hear them. It says, but the thing of it is, 
all around that place, it, it, it's, it's, uh, oh, it's like a humongous trench that's around it. And if they get down in it, they can't get back out of it. Thank the Lord for that. And, uh, <clears throat> but he said, if you're in there, the first time you go, you'll probably be up half the night worrying about where those lions are. But he said the lions are actually miles and miles away. All you do is hear the roar. And he, and he went on and he told me something that is very interesting. He said the lion that roars your loudest is the old lion. The lion that uh, trying to tell the young lions that I am still powerful, but it's not powerful. And he's only protecting himself. The devil comes as a roaring lion, but in the name of Jesus Christ, devils have to flee, demons have to flee. Why? Because he's greater. He's greater. He's greater than what the devil will ever be. The three Hebrew boys face spiritual warfare. Nebuchadnezzar's put out a decree. <clears throat> he had a, <laughs> he, uh, he had a statue built of himself. Well, today they just wrap a rope around it and pull it over. And uh, <clears throat> that's what they would do, but to worship or not to worship. <clears throat> that was the question because at the sound of the music, everybody was commanded to fall and bow before this statue, this image, and to worship. And if you did not bow, you would be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so there would be some that would say, well, you know, I don't want to go to the fiery furnace. <clears throat> now, these are the unfaithful ones. I, 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 don't, I, don't, uh, I don't want to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So, <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll just bow, but I'm not going to worship that image. In other words, it would have been saying, God, I love you, but, uh, you know, I really don't trust you that much. <clears throat> to worship or not to worship, to stand or to kneel, to burn or to live. But when those boys were put, was brought before the king, he was wroth and he said, I'm going to give you another opportunity. I'm going to give you another chance and I'm going to have them play the music one more time. And if you bow, then <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll let it be at that. And they said to the king, you can play that music all day long, but the God that we serve is able to quench the fire of that furnace. He's able to do it. We have to stand and we have to decide between one of two things. 
Are we going to worship God when things get rough? Are we going to stand before him when everything else may fall? Are we going to stand for him when we're all alone? Are we going to fear something that God has the power to control? We know the story. The music played. They didn't bow. The king was mad. Fired up that furnace seven times more. One of the things that Daniel didn't do was get his eyes on the lions. One of the things that the three Hebrew boys didn't do was get their eyes on the fire. They got their eyes on the Lord. They got their eyes on the Lord. We have to keep focused upon the Lord. We have to keep serving him. We have to put him first. He's got to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords of our life. After they threw him into the fiery furnace, a while went by, and the king said, now I'm really going to show you who's boss. Open the furnace door. He looks in, and he sees four. Why? Because he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll go with us. He'll go through with us. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I serve a God that will not walk away from me. They brought those boys out of the fiery furnace and the king said, do away with the statue. We're going to worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't bow before this world. Don't bow before the pressure of this world. Stay firm. Stay steadfast in our walk with God. There is victory ahead. After the day of Pentecost, they became comfortable with the revival of Pentecost. And God has placed a calling on some of your lives. But we have to be careful that we stay sensitive to the voice of God and we stay under the leadership of our pastor and ministries because if we don't, we can become comfortable with what's happening here and forget about the call that God has on our life or just push it to the side. I don't want to leave the anchor. I want to stay here. I want to be where it's happening. But God is saying, if you will allow me to speak to you and call you and direct you through the leadership of your pastor, there is going to be a greater revival that you've ever seen before because it will go from here to there. <laughs> we cannot become content. Even those that may not be called somewhere else, we cannot become content with where we're at and with what we have. We have to want more. We have to have more. 
we have to have even when this COVID's finished. We've got to have multiple services. We've got to pack the place out two and three times a week, a day. We've got to see people baptized in every service, in every night, whatever it is. We have to continue seeing people healed. I am not content with where I am. Several years ago, I was just a young pastor, and uh, yeah, I remember those days. <clears throat> and uh, I was, boy, I mean, we were teaching home Bible studies, and things were happening, and I was preaching revival and all that, and I had a couple people come to me one Sunday night and said, Pastor, we're just happy with where we're at. My blood pressure went higher than it ever went. I'm not happy. I want more. You say, well, you're like a spoiled kid. You want more. That's right. My daddy happens to be Jesus Christ. I want more. And he wants to give me more. <clears throat> Saul, you see, God had to send somebody like Saul to persecute the church to get them out of their comfort zone. And then when, when they scattered abroad, everywhere they went, churches were jumping up. I mean, they were popping up all over the world of those days. And, I mean, revival was taking place. In fact, in one place it says they turned the world upside down. But after the Lord allowed Saul to do what he did by persecution and scattering the church and things happening, then all of a sudden God said, okay, Saul, that's enough of that. They got the message and they're having revival all over the world. Now it's time for me to shut you down. But he didn't shut him down and cut off his head. He says, I got a whole different ball game for you. And God take, took him and he, he was baptized. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He sat and was taught under leadership. And God began to call him in the ministry. He went on three missionary trips and wrote over half of the New Testament. God can take those that persecute the church, stop them in their tracks, turn them around, and use them to do a mighty thing for him. When we were in Cambridge, we, were, we had the action program really moving. And uh, people, everywhere I go, somebody asked me about the action program and all this different stuff. And, uh, and a friend of mine, he was asked by someone else, uh, their pastor was retiring, and uh, said, would you be interested in it? He says, well, he says, you know, the, here's some of the things that I'd want to do if I went there. He said, one of the first things I'd want to do is start an axe program. 
like Brother Sharp has in Cambridge. I thought it was pretty neat that he put my name in there. And uh, they looked at him and says, we don't want those kind of people. He said, then you don't want me. And I'm excited to be able to tell different ones that come and visit our, our family members when I'm talking to them about, yeah, you know, we have some, you know, all these different people that used to be drug addicts and alcoholics and in and out of prison and all this stuff. Says, but you'd never know it today because when God got a hold of their life, they changed. something stern in this place tonight. I'm determined to follow him. I'm determined to hold out to the end. I'm, I'm just determined. Nothing's going to stop me. I, I, you know, I got a love for God and God's done so much for me I can't even tell it all. Why should I walk out on him now? We need more Saul's. We need more Saul's. You say, you mean we need more persecutors? We need, we need people that God is going to turn, change their life. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, we want good sinners. Is there such a thing as a good sinner? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> what is a good sinner? And, you know, used to go in. I hope it comes back to where we go in the county jails because I loved it. And I want to tell you something. It, 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 it's just every time I go in there with Brother Randy Call, oh, my goodness, and I start hearing him tell his story. Brother John Castle, uh, a few months ago, went in with us, and he told his story that I didn't even know. And I'm telling you what, it was just like, there was guys in there with tears running down their face. There's been times when Brother Gene Tehai has gone in there and told his story. And guys, it's just like, no. One time, Brother Gene, he, he and I was the only ones in there, and he looks at them and he, and he asked this question, which one of us two do you think was the felon? Every one of them looked at me. Do I look that bad? Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you all thought that was funny. <laughs> Pastor's up here losing it. Brother Chuck Bell, go to the prisons with him. It, 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 I tell you, it's amazing. 
it is amazing when we go into the prisons, and I say when we go into the prison, Brother Chuck, because there's a day that we're going back. <clears throat> we, you know, the prison, the, the, the services that we were having grew so much that they had to put us in the main chapel. I don't know where they're all at right now, but I will tell you one thing. When they left the county jail, when they left the prison, they knew more than what they did when they went in there. <clears throat> Saul, you know, it's almost like Saul saying, well, you can't beat them, join them. He was converted. His name was changed to Paul, and great things took place. Ephesians, back to Ephesians, it says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need to be in the word of God every day. We need to be in the word of God and take the helmets of Verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all purpose and supplication for all saints. Praying always in the word, praying, standing still, not moving, not wavering, but standing for the things of God. When it seems like the storms of life hit you right in the face, keep on standing. Plant your feet. Stand tall. Stand up. And let the world know that you are a child of the King. The musicians could come. It's amazing everything that's happening in these last few men, uh, months. It's amazing what's taking place. Not only with COVID, but with the other things and the riots and the vandalism and, and all these different things. Don't get your eyes off of God. <clears throat> Don't get your eyes off of We will see more young adults answering the call of God, called to work the field. We will see more uh, young adults like uh, Sister Troy that, that uh, has gone to Guatemala for a while and, and is working there in missions. Uh, she's not a preacher, but she's a ministry of her own. Uh, we're going to see more young couples uh, that God is going to begin to use uh, in different ways. Uh, we're going to see it. Don't get your eyes off of God uh, in these troubled times. Uh, don't get your eyes off of him. God's got an army. God's got an army, and it's marching on. It's not falling apart. In fact, there's more people by the thousands that's signing up 
to be in the army. There's thousands of people that's coming. I want to be a part of the army of God. I need something more than I have. There is something that's happening. Revival is not going to happen. Revival is happening. Oh, let's stand to our feet, if you would please, and let's just lift our hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. We exalt your name tonight, oh God. You are the great I am. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the captain of the army, Lord. You're the general, oh God. We will follow you because our trust is in you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, oh God. You're a merciful God. Oh God, you're waking up the church. You're waking up the giant, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, there's a day that is upon us, oh God, that is greater than any other day. We are now beginning to see the end time revival. It's starting to happen like never before, oh Lord. This church building will not be large enough to house all the people that are coming. Oh Lord God, I believe there's a day that we'll have to take it to the streets. We'll have to take it to the parks. We'll have to take it to wherever, Lord. Oh God, I want to be in the army. I'm staying in the army. I encourage ones to stay in the army today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, oh God. As they sing, I know we have social distancing, but you can distance yourself around this altar if you want, or you can pray in your seat where we're at. Whatever you decide to do, let's sing. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's an army Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.